Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. To all my listeners, please go to thedifferentbook.com and pick up a copy of my new children's book, Different. 10% of every book sold goes directly to the cystic fibrosis charity, Emily's Entourage, which is searching for a cure for a unique mutation of the cystic fibrosis gene. I recommend Different to children ages five and up. Growing up as kids, we sometimes feel like we don't fit in with everyone else, whether it's our curly hair, a mole or freckle we don't like, being too tall or too short, the list goes on. Different teaches kids that we all have our thing and everyone is different, which means being different is normal. I'm very excited about this book and want to give as much as I can to Emily's Entourage, so please pick up a copy for your kids or grandkids or friends' kids and help me spread the word. Check out thedifferentbook.com for all the details. And if you haven't yet, please rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. It all really does help. to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah! Uh! Hope you're having a good day. Let's start the pod. WKRP, the GK Show, in the morning. <laughs> oh my God, I had an idea for today, and it has totally changed, totally changed, because I am triggered. <laughs> well, that becomes like a big segment. I am triggered. What triggers me? I'm so annoyed. I have a problem saying no when somebody asks for a favor in the moment, even if that person's being rude by asking. So uh, I don't know if this person listens to this, and I don't think they do. But if they do, honestly, what the fuck ever? I don't care. So I am working in Las Vegas. There are multiple comedian friends or people I know out here who are working the same week at different places because there's all these different venues. So anyways, not going to say any names, but yesterday there was a, there was a certain person who was like, oh, I'm in Vegas too. Or, you know, you, you want to hang out there for a couple of days of trying to hang out and I couldn't. So then this is a person I haven't seen in years, uh, you know, nice guy, whatever. Okay. Now you know it's a man. And, um, so I, so I was going to, I was heading over to these outlets real quick to, I wanted to see if they had these shoes. Uh, my wife is going to kill me by the way, when she, my, my kids and my wife are flying to Vegas, uh, today. I'm so excited. I'm flying them out and my kids are going to love Vegas. Totally getting sidetracked. I'll, 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 I don't have time for that. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see my family. My dog's going to go crazy too when he sees them. But, uh. So, um, what was my point? So anyways, I said, uh, oh yes, well, my wife's going to kill me when she finds out I got more shoes, but I will be giving clothes and shoes to the homeless for my birthday. Like I always do December 19th in LA. So, uh, I encourage you all to do the same. All right, back to why I'm so annoyed. So I hit up this guy and I said, Hey man, I go, I'm headed down to these outlets. If you want to, 
you know, meet up and then I said, I'm gonna go to the gym after. So we're there. And then, uh, you know, I just really wanted to get there and get out, but I'm like, ah, oh, it's like a way to like see this guy I haven't seen in a while and everything. And then my other friend uh, who's in town, I've hung out a couple days, uh, a couple times, my buddy, he showed, he, I invited him too. So he came, you know, we like, kind of like, you know, hung out for a little bit, talked. Okay, great. Right before we're about to leave, here's where the story kicks in. Right before we're about to leave, the other guy goes, hey, can one of you guys give me a ride back to my hotel? Now, I want this to be clear because my other friend told me when I was complaining to him about this <laughs> right after it happened that this is my fault, which it kind of is. It kind of is my fault, but it's also just, I think, rude. Okay, so here we go. I was, I told this guy, Oh, yeah, man, I got to go to the gym after this. Like when we first got there, you know, I was like, I got to go to the gym. I was like, oh, let me see where the closest gym is. The closest gym. Why am I looking for the closest gym? Because I need to go to the closest gym because I'm not trying to drive all over the fucking place, right? So I was like, oh, like, I'm, yeah, I need to swim. Oh, which gym has a pool? Okay, cool. All right. And like right in front of him, me and just me and him at this point. I was like, oh, cool. There's a gym right there. All right. Yeah. I'm, okay. That's close by. Cool. I'm going to go swim there, you know, uh, you know, when, when I leave. So he knows I have a plan. He knows I have plans today. Okay. And my plans do not involve driving him around everywhere. So he goes, can one of you guys give me a ride back to my hotel? And I was just like, what? I go, you didn't drive here? Because me and the other guy drove, you know? We have cars. I drove out here. The other guy has a rental car for the week. Um, and he's like, nah, I Ubered. And then I like, I go, oh. I go, All right. And for some reason, I have this thing. I just feel like if there's an there's a opportunity to do a favor, like I have to say yes. And I don't. I could have just been like, nah, I can't do it, man. I got to head to the gym. But I didn't say that. So I get in the car. Guess how fucking far away his hotel was? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Like, if it's down the street, yeah, of course, dude. Fucking hop in. Let's go, you know? What was it? Fucking five minutes down the road? Was it a mile and a half? You got it. Asking for a last second 30-minute ride audible? What is that? I would never do that to somebody. That's, I'm like trying, I keep telling my wife and I'm not living up to it, but I'm sorry, I'm trying to cut out people in my life that do things that I would never do to them. You know what I mean? Like, that's just my new rule. Like, if I would not do this shit to you, then why are you doing it to me? Not saying he's doing anything, he just ask for right. So then we're in the car and then it was like taking forever. And at one point he goes, geez, where is this place? And I go, yeah. Where is this place? Okay. Now just listen to how much this threw a wrench in my day. And believe me, there is more to this story. So then drop him off. And I was like, in my head, I was like, whatever, not the end of the world. You did a favor. It's always good to do a mitzvah. So we call it in Judaism. You know, you do a mitzvah, you do a good deed for somebody. I'm like, oh, this guy saved this guy some money, whatever. Wasted my own time and my own money to drive him back. But whatever, I did a mitzvah. I did a good deed. And in my head, I'm like, not a big deal. Not the end of the world. You said you'd do it. So then I was like, I look up now, now where's the nearest gym I can go to that has a pool? I go to one gym. Nope, they don't have a pool. Go to the next gym. That's a 15 minute ride uh, drive, right? They have a pool. I get there. It's a gym that doesn't have a lap pool. It's like a regular fucking pool. It's like a pool. There's like a dude in the middle, just kind of like, hey, like it's his house. Like we're in like his big house and he has like an enclosed regular size pool. I can't swim laps in that pool. So then I just didn't end up working out. Then it was getting like later, it was getting closer to my showtime. I got super hungry. 
I have no idea where I'm going to swim in a pool now. So I just didn't end up swimming yesterday. And I know that's not like a huge deal, but people who work out understand. You got you can't just work out like, oh, I worked out once this week. Sweet. I'm in shape. You got to work out consistently. I hadn't been working out this week because I'd been sick and I'm finally not sick. I wanted to swim yesterday. I wanted to swim today, you know, get a good extra like long workout in because my wife and kids are coming tonight. So I know I'm not going to ditch them tomorrow to go to the gym. So I end up, it just ruins my whole plan. My whole plan is ruined, which he knew. Can we not get past that part? He knew it. He's, I was with him. Oh, where's the gym? Where's the closest gym? I got to go to the gym after this. Oh, I need a gym with a pool. Oh, there's one really close by. Oh, now I'm driving you 30 minutes somewhere. Okay? So here's where this gets even better. If that wasn't enough, okay? If that wasn't enough. Uh, so there's a show uh at the south point that i do sometimes my buddy gabe lopez has and it's called the dirty at 12 30 it's a very late show fun show but it's very late and just so you guys if anyone listening has never been to vegas or you're confused about where i am i'm at the stratosphere they call it the strat now which i don't really i think that's weird that the the hotel they they changed i get it they remodeled and they went they're like we're better now or whatever you know like which is great but then like their new name is the strat instead of uh the stratosphere or stratosphere so it's like a their new name is just an abbreviation of the old name and i just kind of feel douchey when people are like oh where are you at i'm like oh, about the strat i feel like i'm giving it a nickname so i think they should rebrand again but they're not going to listen to me anyways uh, it is very very nice here now if you guys are looking for a place to stay in vegas uh but my point is north end of the strip the strat is at like the very north end of the strip pretty much okay the south point is so far south it seems like it's off the strip but it's it's technically like the southernmost point of the strip, okay? So it's it's far. It's a far drive. And my buddy was headlining that show, um, and I was thinking about going, but it was late, and I was like, you know, I want to get some sleep, you know, because my family's coming tomorrow, and I'm probably going to get bad sleep from here on out <laughs> with the kids and everything. So I didn't want to make the drive. So I knew I wasn't going. I'm laying in bed, and I am, you know, I'm just in bed with my dog, and... Uh, I get a text from Favor Man, okay? The guy who I did the favor, the, gave the ride to, right? He writes, going to South Point? I knew I wasn't going, guys, okay? And again, if he listens to this, I think we're done. <laughs> like, this is, if he listens, we're over as acquaintances, friends, whatever we are. So, uh, I knew I wasn't going, but I had a feeling he was trying to bum a ride again, right? So, I just said, I don't know are you he writes back yeah i'm gonna drop my stuff off and uber over so i said are you he said yeah i'm gonna drop my stuff off and uber over then he goes i've never been so he asked me if i'm going i say i don't know uh i ask him if he's going his answer is yeah yeah is a synonym for yes. Yes means you're going, right? And then he even tells me his whole plan. He's going to drop his stuff off and he's going to Uber over, okay? Then he says, I've never been. Like, this is, he's got to go. He's never been, whatever, right? So then I just, I, I still think that he's, he's trying to try and bum a ride. So I throw out, I might go, kind of worn out though, you know? So it's kind of, by the way, this is, the show starts in a half hour when he started texting me. So it's not like there's a lot of time to, to dilly dally, right? It's like, so he says he's going, cool. So I'm kind of, I might go, I kind of worn out though. So in my head, I'm saying like, you know, all right, maybe I'll see you there. Maybe I won't, you know, I don't know. So he goes, me too, but it'll be fun, all right? 
So then 13 minutes goes by and I get this text. Want me to Uber to the Strat and we can go together? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, we have a winner. Somebody only wants a ride. Okay. So I just ignored it. Uh, and then this morning I woke up around 7, texted him around 7.30, passed out, just letting him know why I didn't get back to him, right? This is what he writes me back. 9.23 a.m. I wrote passed out, right? Let's just go back. Are you going? Yeah, I'm going to drop my stuff off and Uber over. I've never been. It'll be fun. Okay. I said, so I said, passed out. He writes back. I'm glad I didn't go. I was beat. Wow. Does anybody listening again, hit me on social media at Jeff Keith, G E O F F K E I T H. Hit me in the show notes. There's an email address. Does anybody listening think that he was ever going to go if I wasn't driving him? My answer is this guy was never going to go unless I chaperoned him around all night. By the way, guys, just to give you an idea, this show starts at 1230. This show goes late, okay? And obviously, my buddy's headlining, so I'd stick around to watch his set if I'm going to go all the way down there. You're out of there at like 2.30 in the morning, okay? And then I'd have another chore after that. So say I'm coming home. It would probably take me like a while to get back to where I am because I'm at the other end of the strip. So I'm getting back you know, at three. Now let's make that 3.30 because, you know, now I'm, I'm dropping him off again. It's like, give me a fucking break, right? So I tried to my best to not let this go. So then I just wrote this back. I go, I thought you said you were going, right? And I, I wanted to keep this going. And then I finally just centered myself as I just let it go and then fucking bitch about it on a podcast. So I said, I thought you said you were going. He writes back, I didn't. Yeah, no shit, dude. You just said you didn't go. My whole thing is like, I thought you said you were going. And now, now, did he say I didn't? Now, I want to know, does he mean I didn't say I was going? Or is he saying I didn't go? Because I know you didn't go. You just said the last text, I'm glad I didn't go. Is he trying to tell me that a couple texts earlier, he didn't say, yeah, I'm going to drop my stuff off and Uber over. I've never been. It'll be fun. Oh, man. Oh, man. So... There you go, guys. I am annoyed. Annoyed. And that is going to bring me to, to uh, what I'm going to read today. I looked up some articles that fit right in. I was going to do a thing about Thanksgiving, maybe, without that, that coming up. All right. This is from livebolandbloom.com. 12 of the worst negative personality traits that are truly nasty. We all have negative attributes that need our attention. If I ask you to identify some of your own, I'll bet at least one comes to mind. I think one of my negative ones is that I don't let shit go, obviously. And uh, I can't say no. So I'm weak. I'm a weak. I'm a weak little bitch who can't say no. And then I complain about things I said yes to. Okay. Those are two of mine. And once you become aware of them and how they affect other people, you're more than likely to put in the effort to correct them. Of course, that assumes your character development and personal growth matter to you. And that you're not inclined to blame anyone but yourself for your mistakes. But what about negative personality traits that make someone toxic to be around? How do you spot them in others or in yourself? Here we go. 12 negative personality traits to avoid and run from. There's a difference between weak personality traits and those that make someone's company and influence poisonous and depleting to other people. But weakness does play a role in this list of negative traits. 
Only those with true strength do it necessary to heal and grow. Okay, whatever. It's so much easier to blame others and shift responsibility to them, but it's no way to live. Here's our list from 12 to 1 of the worst offenders when it comes to personality traits. I really do need to get stronger. I am I'm a weak motherfucker, dude. I'm weak when it comes to certain things. I feel like the need, like I need to do every favor possible. All right. Egocentric, number 12. When something, has, when something, someone, has this trait, everything they say or do has the goal of making them look good, making them the center of attention or providing to the world that they deserve preferential treatment. I used to know someone like that. If you know someone like this, you can probably think of at least one experience you have with them that opened your eyes to this trait. Everything they say or do serves their ego and nothing takes priority over it. Yep, maybe at one point you caught yourself admiring their readiness to defend family members like a proud mama or papa bear, but let one of those family members anger them in some way and the egocentric person will make it clear whom they value more than anything or anyone else. Number 11, pessimistic. The pessimistic person is always looking for proof that the universe hates them or that it doesn't care. They believe that they're just doomed to be trapped and miserable, that the world is against them, that life is a cruel joke, or that the game is rigged against them. Whenever things don't go their way, it's proof that they're right. It doesn't occur to them to take responsibility for their own lives and do something to change them for the better. They'll cling to what they have and complain about what they don't, and they'll make themselves and others miserable as if that's the only way to be. Eh, I've been pessimistic, but... Uh, I feel like I'm better now. Needing to be right. Oh, God. Oh, the names are just popping in my head. This person needs to be right all the time, or at least needs to be seen that way. Yep. They have a visceral need to prove others wrong, and if they can't do that, they'll use other means to discredit those with whom they disagree. They'll attack the other's character, or they'll launch into a sanctimonious rant because they honestly believe their emotions and self-righteousness are more compelling than what is known to be true. If they can make the other person look like a villain and get at least one person to say, you were right about so-and-so, they've scored a victory. It doesn't matter if what they said has no basis in fact. They rely on their emotions and on those of people just as easily swayed by them to, quote, win. The truth is only as, valu as valuable as it is useful in proving the other person wrong. All right, I used to have a friend, and this guy, this is totally true. He, I, I think I might have brought this up before, but this is absolutely true. He's tried to tell me that, and this was in a public setting that he was doing this. So he was trying to like make me look stupid or something. He was trying to tell me that, uh, he goes, yeah, man, because he knew that I like to eat egg whites, which I don't eat just egg whites. When I make eggs in the morning, uh, I usually do like two eggs and then three or four egg whites or something like that for a scramble. Because I like to have some of the fat from the egg yolk, you know, and, um, but just not like, you know, well, okay, you get it. So... I, uh, so he goes, yeah, man, he goes, you actually eat egg whites, right? And I'm like, yeah. And there's a bunch of people listening, okay? I'm not going to give away exactly what this was, but a bunch of people were listening. <laughs> and I go, yeah. And he goes, yeah, why do you do that? Why do you do that, man? He's like, do you know that uh, egg, egg yolks are uh, just as healthy or something? Or they're not, he said something like they're not unhealthy and all that. And I'm like, oh, I go, yeah, I don't know if it's because of that. It's just because, like, I can't remember why I first started doing that. And then, uh. He was like really pressing me. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. You know, like the egg yolks are, are just as uh, healthy as the egg whites. And that's like a, that's a, that's a farce or whatever that people think egg whites are more healthy. And then I said, yeah, I don't know if I ever thought it was more healthy. I go, I think it's just, and I looked it up as we we're talking. I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I go, man. I go, the, the egg yolk has like um, all the fat from the egg is in the egg yolk. And then he goes, yeah, it's not true. And I'm like, no, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I was on like some like, 
medical website or something that said, and then I go, yeah, I'm not saying it's like unhealthy fats. I'm sure it's like, you know, I'm sure there, you know, there's healthy fats and unhealthy fats. I'm, uh, you know, it's not, I don't think it's saturated fat or anything. And, uh, he's like, yeah, it's not true. And I'm like, well, the egg whites is just like, it's all protein if you do that. And he's like, yeah, that's not true. He just kept saying that's not true. Like he wasn't even, you could tell he wasn't even thinking of what I, he wasn't even processing what I was saying. He was just like, I'm going to tell Jeff he's wrong no matter what I say. I could have been like, grass is green. He's like, no, it's not. I'd be like, sky's blue. He's like, nope, no, it's not. So it was just like this weird thing. So I finally just go, well, it's just less calories. I go, it's less calories when you take the yolk out, when you don't eat all the yolks. And he goes, he's like, yeah, that's not true. And I go, how's that not true? How's that not true? That if you remove some of the food from the food, the calories aren't less. If you have a slice of bread and you cut it in half and only eat half the slice of bread is half the slice of bread just as much as the full slice of bread and calories. Oh my God. So he was like, yeah, that's not true. And I'm like, uh, okay, cool, man. <laughs> Good stuff. Great. Great talk. So that definitely let's go. That was, that was the needing to be right guy. Uh, number nine, greedy. They will get all they can out of you without any regard for what you want or need, and they're insatiable. No matter how much you give them, they want more. Oh, maybe the ride guy kind of fits in here. And if you dare ask anything of them that doesn't serve their interests, be prepared for a disappointing outcome. Your value as a friend only goes as far as your usefulness or your ability to help finance the lifestyle they want. They can never have enough money, food, or gratifying experiences. You are a means to an end for them. You can either feed the beast or get trampled by it. Yeah. Dishonest. With the dishonest person, no offer of help, financial or otherwise, comes without strings attached or without some ulterior motive in which you and your interests are just bit players. Beware of sudden offers of help from someone who otherwise shows zero interest in your life. Chances are there's something this person wants that they can only get or that they can get more easily by involving you. It's one thing to keep secrets to protect those for whom that information would be a burden or a danger. It's another to constantly lie to others in order to get something you want from them. Judgmental. Live long enough around other people and you're likely to meet someone who's quick to judge others based on what they see even when they don't know the whole story behind it. They'll dismiss someone as a, quote, bad person before you even get a chance to know better. Whoa! Hey, now we're talking about people who married into my family. And if you know the self-appointed judge and value their opinion, you might be swayed by them at first. But when you look more closely at the judge person or at the circumstances, you come away with a different perspective. At some point, you find yourself unwilling to simply accept any opinion this judgy judgerson, judgerson voices about others. They'll judge anyone because it makes them feel superior in some way, and you could just as easily become a target if you haven't already been. I 100% agree with that. Manipulative. Oh man, I've gotten screwed by the manipulative. The manipulative person uses other people to get what they want. They're often even proud of their ability to manipulate others. I have two people just like ringing in my head right now. They might even write books about it, knowing there are others like them out there who will be happy to make use of what they've learned. Guilt is a popular manipulation tactic, but not all people who use guilt to make others do what they want are consciously manipulative. For many, this tactic is something they've learned growing up. Eventually, though, it loses its effectiveness. And when it does, the real manipulator will, will then use other forms of manipulation to get their way. Narcissistic. To the narcissist, others are to blame for the problems in their life. They don't apologize, at least not sincerely, because whatever you think they've done to hurt you, it's your fault. You provoke them. Whatever happens, they are in the right and only doing what's best, at least for them. They're not responsible for whatever consequences you suffer because of them. Oh, I got a different name ringing in my head now. Some, some people have multiple things that are popping in my head. 
In their mind, you brought that upon yourself, or you had it coming, and who are they to question karma? Good luck getting a narcissist to admit they were at fault or that they were wrong about something. If they do apologize, it's to serve their own ends, and those ends have nothing to do with real friendship. Vindictive. Cross this person even in a small way, and they'll do everything they can to punish you. They become fixated on making you sure you regret ever going against them in any way, even if quote, going against them consists of nothing more than ignoring them or disagreeing with them or not doing what they want. Oh my God, there was a guy, another name just popped in my head. This guy, I found out that he was kind of just a shitty, shady person. And I wasn't like, yo, I didn't confront him or anything. I was just kind of like, all right. I go, we're, we're like, all right, got it. I was just kind of like, got it. Like I got, I figured out who you are, you know, type of thing. Didn't say anything mean and just stopped talking to the person. And that person I heard was like telling people that they want to beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> it's like... Dude, I didn't even say anything bad about you. I didn't even go spread rumors about you that were true or talk shit about you. I was just like, yeah, I'm fucking done with this person. What's so wrong about that? All right. Um, once you make them angry, they'll denounce you as an enemy and look for ways to hurt you. They may or may not make their intentions against you clear. Much depends on whether they have one of the following number three traits. Number three. Aggressive or passive-aggressive. If a vindictive person is passive-aggressive, they'll work more or less behind your back. And that's where they'll strike without ever confronting you to your face. If they have an aggressive streak, they might confront you, but often from a safe distance. The internet and email are useful for this. Aggressive people don't need distance, though. They'll use proximity and even physical violence to threaten you and make you feel unsafe, helpless, or small. They'll bully you into apologizing and doing what they want to atone for your sins against them. Number two. Predatory. A predatory person sees other people as toys or tools to use as they please. Two different names pop back in my head. When they choose a target, they put their plan in action, seeing only what they want to do to that person for their own enjoyment, and they feel completely within their rights to do so. They see nothing wrong with manipulating and exploiting others to get what they want. They don't really do friendship because to them, people are only as valuable as they are useful. And once they're used up, the predator will toss them aside like garbage. Unforgiving, number one. Ooh, I could maybe be a little bit of this one. I'm trying to be honest with myself here. The person with this trait refuses to forgive those who hurt or offend them no matter what they might do to atone for those offenses. Well, that's not me. I don't forgive people who don't apologize for what they did. Because, and I, I, that is a Jewish thing too, because that's like a big difference between like Judaism and Christianity. In Christianity, uh, the way I understand it is if somebody you're just supposed to forgive you know but in judaism you're supposed to forgive once somebody comes to you and says like hey i'm sorry for what i did or i you know i apologize for that so you're not just supposed to forgive for no reason um no apology and no olive branch will sway the person determined to hold a grudge you might hear this person say things like i don't care if i go to hell i will always hate so and so they see forgiveness as a sign of weakness so they continue hating and looking for ways to feed that hatred they don't stop to consider that in doing so, they're torturing themselves, making themselves miserable, and blaming someone else for it. In refusing to forgive, they refuse to heal and grow into the person they could be. Do any of these negative personality traits resonate with you? Yeah, a couple, a little bit. What we see as bad personality traits can start as something easy to brush off as growing pains or working through something. Only when we see that someone has made a habit of exhibiting one or more of the above traits do we begin to realize that they're not just acting out. And if they have no intention of developing positive, contrary traits, it becomes necessary to reevaluate their places in our lives. I came to this way too late in life. I really, I hope I ingrained in my kids to figure this out a lot sooner than I did. 
these traits make them exhausting to be around. It's as if they're deliberately draining you of your energy to increase their own. Oh my God. I, I have a friendship that ended and it was the last like year and a half of it at least was just me. I was like, I had to stop and be like, are you cool, man? Are you all right? Like, what's like, do you, is there something you want to talk about? Like, you know, you're acting so strange because they were just, I left almost every interaction with that person, whether it was through text or on the phone, just in a bad mood because they were lying to me or gaslighting me or, you know, just, uh, or, or saying condescending things or fucking arguing about yokes. Uh, so even if they treat you as one of their trusted friends, just being around them makes you feel sick in both body and soul. Yep, everybody deserves a chance to thrive. And being around one of the, these energy vampires makes it difficult, if not possible, to do that. Don't be afraid to rely on others for support and or protection. Make the changes you need in order to heal and move forward with your life. And may your compassion and courage influence everything you do today. Wow, that was a bit of a long article but worth it oh man we're already at close to a half hour i had three other articles which one should we do we just did negative what's this here, here we go the supposedly bad personality traits that can actually be good hmm let's see how long is this one these are fucking all right let's just go through this one we don't have time for the other two right now. I don't want to make this an hour of a lot of the same stuff. All right. This is by lifehacker.com. Uh, Whitson Gordon. The supposedly bad personality traits that can actually be good. As humans, we love to categorize things in order to process them, and personality traits are no exception. As we tend to think of them as having either an inherently positive or negative connotation, being kind and humble is good, for example, but being lazy and pessimistic is bad. Things aren't always so straightforward, though. Here are 10 traits that people often see as negative, but can actually be pretty useful. Messiness. Okay, I'm messy, so tell me why this is good, because I feel like it's a bad trait. Being a little messy is hardly a deadly sin, but a lot of people equate it with being unproductive, which is a myth. In fact, many people with messy deaths are more prone to creativity and risk-taking. Messiness can inspire. Just don't leave dirty banana peels lying around and you'll probably be okay. All right. I can't wait to tell my <laughs> I can't wait to tell my wife, Christy, I'm trying to inspire you and me and the kids with my messiness. <laughs> my my daughter will love that and my son will be like, "Yeah, that's why we throw our toys all over the place." Selfishness. Sure, it's bad to only think of yourself and ignore others, but perfect selflessness has its own problems. Many of us could stand to be a little more selfish and learn how to say no without being a jerk. This is me with the ride. I should have learned how to say no a long time ago. Being a people pleaser will only stress you out. Listen how stressed I am. This is, okay, this one I get. Being a people pleaser will only stress you out and take valuable time out of your life for things that really matter. So consider saying no to that next project. Declare email bankruptcy, even if some go unanswered. And don't forget to practice self-care. You have to help yourself in order to help others. Yes, I could have swam yesterday. I would have been in a better mood. I would have released endorphins. I would have been in better shape. I probably would have eaten better. I wouldn't have, yeah, ah, should have said no. Ego. Having a big ego is often looked down upon, but it comes in many forms. Arrogance, as we all know, is bad. Arrogant people diminish others in order to elevate themselves. Self-confidence, on the other hand, that is, satisfaction in yourself, is a good thing. It can get you ahead at work, help you find a romantic partner, and more, all without putting others down. So don't be afraid to give yourself a confidence boost. It's good to think highly of yourself as long as you aren't an arrogant jerk. Shyness. Too many people view shyness as a weakness. Sure, being overly shy can cause you to miss certain opportunities, but it comes with its own strengths. 
Shy people tend to be more reflective and observant than outgoing people, and they're often better listeners, too. Overcoming shyness can help you put yourself out there more, but don't discount the, the advantages you have. And don't confuse shyness with introversion. Easily distracted. Being distracted can make it hard to focus on your work. Hey, look, a squirrel! But it can also help you be more creative. When you aren't focused, you consider a broader range of information and think more outside the box. Focus and distraction both play important parts in our lives. And one without the other can close you off to all sorts of possibilities. Cynicism. There's a difference between cynical and being a cynical asshole. In fact, lots of people could stand to be more critical of the world around them. Releasing your emotional attachment to things can help you be more rational, and being skeptical can help you avoid scams and other falsities. As long as you aren't a jerk about it, small doses of cynicism can be hugely beneficial. Okay. I think I have enough small doses of cynicism, though. Neuroticism. Neuroticism, according to an article in American Psychologist, refers to, quote, tendencies to respond with negative emotions to threat, frustration, or loss, end quote. Such things can negatively affect your health, but some studies show that it is possible to respond to that anxiety in a positive way with a bit of conscientiousness to balance it out. And as we already, and as we already know, that the comma is in the wrong spot, and as we already no being conscientious might be the number one important trait of successful people. So it's time to start harnessing it. Thin skin. Ooh, I have thin skin sometimes. Sometimes I have really, really thick skin in certain situations and I have thin skin in others. Taking criticism is hard. So the world tells you to build up a thick skin. And sure, to an extent that's good. But ignoring criticism entirely will get you nowhere. Instead of learning to brush it off, learn to accept criticism without taking it personally and use it to make yourself better. Just don't let it get to you too much. Pessimism. Ooh, the last article said this is bad. Nobody likes a negative Nelly, but a healthy dose of pessimism is good. Thinking about everything that can go wrong helps you plan for those situations and ultimately avoid them. It can also help you accomplish your goals. The ancient Stoics even believed it would help you cope with loss if those things did come to pass. As long as you aren't fatalistic, a little negative thinking can go a long way. Oh, I don't know. I have horrible thoughts consistently like just of like horrible tragedies happening in my life and I just I, I just have to push them out of my head because I don't want them to happen and then I'm like oh did I like think that into existence laziness for every 10 hard workers out there there is one too lazy to do work so he finds a way to automate the process instead laziness can be the mother of ingenuity if used properly it can move you to find a job you like and keep you from procrastinating and of course being lazy can make you more efficient in short, it's the ultimate motivation to hack life. Just don't let your sloth get the best of you and you'll never get out of bed. Or you'll, or you'll never get out of bed. Okay. Jeez. This story was originally published on October 11, 2014. It was updated June 13, 2019 to provide more thorough and current information. Wow. Let's see what the comments are of this. I like number one. At work, I'm, this is from the author? Oh, no. This is two... Oh, this is to the author. I like number one. At work, I'm always far ahead at getting things done, yet I surf the internet a lot more than my coworkers. The truth is I was temporarily ambitious to be permanently lazy and automated a bunch of my work, but I did it sloppy enough that I'm the only one that knows it works. The author responds. I seem to remember a story a while ago, I think it was on Reddit, where this guy basically automated all of his work with a script on his computer and spent his day surfing the internet instead, yet still performed better than all his coworkers. Sometimes the best inventions come from being lazy and finding a workaround. Ooh, what's this person writing? 
I keep reading these laziness is good articles and I always disagree. That guy, if true, basically pretends to work all day, which isn't an easy thing to do in most cases in programming jobs these days. There are no cubicles for you to hide and surf the internet anymore. You sit next to someone and your manager boss is probably sitting behind you. So if you do automate something, it can only lead to two things. More work given to you faster. That happened to me at a job. I would just finish early and then I thought it was cool to like impress the boss. And they're like, cool, now do all this work and you're not going to get paid anymore. And everybody else is doing less work than you and getting paid the same. <laughs> Uh, or you made redundant by your own script. Okay, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, that person's talking about programming jobs. So we are out on that article. Anyways, I want to know, what do you guys think? Am I just a total idiot for agreeing to that ride? Am I bitching for no reason? Is this all on me? Is it a little bit on this guy? He seems like somebody who is what we call, what the Jews call a schnorr. Schnorr, word of the day. Schnorr, somebody who always is trying to get something and take advantage. A schnorr. All right, guys, listen. Uh, please, if you haven't yet, rate the podcast five stars. I saw some people are doing that. Uh, check out thedifferentbook.com. Please buy a book for the holidays for someone you know that has kids, uh, or just pick up a copy because 10% of every book sold goes to Emily's Entourage, a cystic fibrosis charity that helps fight a unique mutation of the horrible disease, cystic fibrosis. I keep forgetting to mention it on stage. When I sell my books on stage, I hate I hate pitching things I'm selling during the show. I mean, you have to because you have to make money, you know, that helps keep the career going. And, uh, and I'm proud of uh, my book. But I keep forgetting to say about the money going to CF which I think is very important for people to know because, uh, hey, if that helps sell more books so I have more money can go to CF, I'm all for it. And anyways, show last night was great. Such a great show. I was so annoyed. My parents came on Wednesday and Thursday, and Wednesdays can be weird crowds in Vegas. So I did two totally different headlining sets for my parents. Uh, but Wednesday, you know, my parents enjoyed it and the people in the crowd. I mean, a lot of people came up and enjoyed it. And I, I actually sold more books that show than any show this week. But the crowd was just weird. They're just, they're just kind of, it was one of the weirdest audiences. So sometimes you run into these audiences that are just kind of, I never like to call the audience stupid, but like I would do, some, sometimes I would do a joke that usually gets like a huge laugh, like the night before it gets a huge laugh. And then it gets like this very small laugh. And then I said why it was funny. And then it got a huge laugh. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's not how jokes are supposed to work. You're supposed to, I'm supposed to make you laugh. And, but then I was just, I'd like not explain it. And then they go, oh, and like, it's like the whole audience got it after I explained it. That happened a couple of times, but I really wish my parents were at last night's show. Cause it was just best crowd of the week. Uh, Thursday was great. I did a lot of crowd work for my mom likes crowd work. And I did a couple stories cause I know my, my mom, my mom was telling me on Thursday during the day, she was like, oh, I was hoping you do this story last night. I really liked that you know, bit. So did some stuff for my parents. And um, anyways, oh, I, uh, I do this um, Jay Leno impression that I don't do all the time. And I did it last night. And some last night, this is why I love the crowd last night. Some crowds get what I'm doing when I'm doing the impression because the way I'm doing it and they're laughing like throughout. there was a lady falling out of her seat literally falling out of her seat grabbing onto her husband at like before I got to the joke like there there's like pockets of the audience cracking up as I'm setting up the joke because they get what I'm doing 
And that just makes me feel great. <laughs> There's no better feeling, you know what I mean? I love, except for, I mean, my kids like constantly every day make me feel amazing when they say or say or do something there, but that's just because they're, you know, half me. Um, but yeah, I just love it, man. I loved uh, doing stand-up. I can never see myself stopping. It's so much fun. And the crowd last night was great. Hope to have a great crowd tonight. Sunday sometimes can be great too. This is Saturday. I think I'll put this out right now, whatever. It's a weekend. I don't know if it'll get as many downloads, but who cares? I'll push it again maybe on Monday. But uh, yeah, um, Sunday can sometimes be great crowds too. So hopefully I uh, got some good crowds and yeah, just love it. Just what well, well, I was, that's something I was going to say and I'm going to forget and I'm going to close out the pod and remember what it is. Anyways, um, man, my, my family's coming. Can't wait to see them land at five 30. Can't wait to pick them up. My daughter is so pumped to come to Las Vegas. My son's going to be super pumped to be in a hotel room. My daughter. Oh, I might bring my daughter on stage if I can, if the club will let me, which I think there's, there's, there's legal, uh, loopholes for that like someone underage in a place where they serve alcohol if they're part of the show but at the end of my show if I can bring her in because she's on I was talking to her the other day when she was going to bed and she's already like I could tell she's tired and she's like daddy you in Las Vegas she, she goes daddy you in Viva Las Vegas still <laughs> and I go yeah and then she's like you gonna do a show you gonna tell jokes and I was like yeah I go and then she goes she's like am I gonna she said what she say to me she said do I get to tell my joke? Cause I told her this Henny Youngman joke. Take my wife, please. If my daughter is not shy, I'm pretty sure she'll be too shy, but if she's not shy and she comes on stage and says, take my wife, please into the microphone. Oh my God, that'll be the coolest. I'll try and get it on video. I'll try and put it on my social media. Uh, if you haven't follow me on social media, uh, emails in the show notes. If you guys ever want to write in, please rate the podcast five stars, leave a review. I'm going to start, asking for the review because the reviews are cool too uh, all right appreciate you guys wkrp the gk show thank you for listening to my daddy